Hi, welcome to my creativity. about being creative and producing output. I'm your host, Surrey. I reveal how I work, my projects, my process, well, my creativity. From planning and goal setting to how I stay accountable for my output, to the way ideas pop into my head and to the frameworks I use to stimulate my creativity and formalize it. Now each week I go over my goals for the coming week and I go over the goals for the past week and I start with my past week's goals. See how I did well with that. And this is also the end of January, so I'm going to be looking at some new monthly goals next week. Social media support for my blog. Well, I managed to get my blog done. As it turns out, there was a whole lot more work involved in that. I had to figure out how I'm going to format my blog. I had to add in some additional links, come up with a subscribe form, and set up MailChimp so that if people do want to hear more about me, and you do, then they can. I had to work on my How to Write a Novel draft. That came along nicely. An extra 3,000 or so words on that. Cycle 10 kilometers, 26 kilometers. So as you know, if you've been listening to this, I'm training for marathon running at the end of this year. And I've got delicate legs at the moment. I sort of did a half marathon run. Jeez, uh, it would have been a month and a half or so ago. And that um, pulled a hamstring and... Yeah, it was a bit much. So I've been finding ways of increasing my endurance without hurting my legs. So I went cycling. Yeah, I did a 16k ride and then a 27km ride. So that was nice. And that's that's for last week's goals. Uh, at the end of the episode, I'll go over my coming week's goals and see how I go. But in the meantime, in between all this, I want to talk a little bit about ideas and how I get my ideas, and how you could get your ideas, and what ideas are. Ideas in particular, I'm talking about uh, stories, because I'm a story writer of sorts. So one great tool, uh, or what I should say is, sometimes ideas just come to you, and they fill you with passion, and you're excited, and you know exactly what you have to do. Other times... Is that's you're not so lucky. So what do you do for those times where you're not so lucky, but you really need or want to come up with an idea for a new project, a new story, a new script, a new audio drama, or whatever it is you're trying to do? Well, you make use of ideation tools. These are tools that help you generate ideas, and I'm sure you've heard of some of them, like brainstorming, or which there's an equivalent where you go to a, like a website and it'll create a random idea which will often sort of be a little bit silly but it's a good way of sparking ideas but I want to look at some I suppose more formal ways that you can get ideas and one of those is retelling so this is where you start with a known common story and you retell it you may well ask well, why would you do this Okay, it's a quick way to get into a story where you already know the type of story you want to tell. 
I mean, if there's an existing story or type of story that you're attracted to, then why not retell it? I mean, you get a bunch of your work done for you up front. You have some main characters, you know, overall arc, an ending, already there for you. You just have to supply the creativity. How do you do this then? Well, as you probably know by now, listening to me, I like my process, planning and procedure. And the reason I like that is because you don't have to do as much hard work because it's it's built into the process. So how do you successfully do a retelling, which isn't just a you know plagiarism or a boring regurgitation? So first of all, you need to change at least two aspects of the story. Now, changing two aspects allows you to introduce a fresh perspective and additional complexity and depth. You want to create a novel-length story from what might be a relatively short story, so you want to go a bit wild with these alterations. But what to change, sorry, what to change? Well, you could change any two things about your story. There are many details that would make little or no difference. The items, I mean, if we're talking about Goldilocks, for example, you could change the color of her hair. That really wouldn't change the story at all. No. So the items you choose should result in unique or interesting side effects. The sort of side effects you want are those that introduce complications not seen in the original story. Because even though you're doing a retelling, you do want an original story. You want this to be fresh and interesting and exciting. You want people to be reading it and maybe they sort of go, oh yeah, this is a bit like that story. You know, there's, there's, there's similarities here in the way this is working, but this is going a bit different. So here's some items you can change. You pick two, and two seems rather arbitrary. You could pick more, obviously, but we're talking about a process here. So you're sitting there, you've got no idea, and you go, well, how about I try retelling? I'm going to try retelling of the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> just to make things easy. Now, for, for, for the sake of ease, and a lot of people do this, you go, I'm going to do a retelling of Goldilocks and the Three Bears, for example. And I'll use that. I'll, I'm going to keep using that example just to make life easy for myself. So two things to change. You can change time or location. So if you chose a fairy tale set in the medieval period, in Germany, for example, as many of the grim tales are, you might switch things around by setting it in the far future or the present day. Altering the time immediately presents the opportunity to introduce complications and story elements from that time and location. So Goldilocks... She's, uh, I mean, it, there's no particular time mentioned, but then again, it you don't get the feeling that it's modern concept because it's a fairy story. So we're talking Goldilocks. She normally heads out into the forest. She comes across a house of three bears and hilarity ensues. What if we change this to being uh, present day in a major city? So the forest has become a city. That means... There's going to be uh, there's not going to be trees around. There's going to be people and buildings around. Uh, there will be law enforcement. There will be you know what what does this mean for um, these three bears? Are they bears still or or what? Things all all of a sudden start changing. The character inversion, swapping the antagonist and protagonist, and this has been successfully done in retellings of Little Red Riding Hood and Goldilocks. And some others. So this is where you take 
the good guy and the bad guy and you swap them around to give you the opportunity to flex your creative muscle to make a sympathize with the traditional villain. And this swap can introduce some subtle shadings of grey to the world. So Goldilocks is typically viewed as being the hero of the story. Three bears are bears. You know, they're a bit alien, they're a bit other. And they chase Goldilocks or eat her, whichever, depending on which version of the story you want to look at. So you swap them around, of course. It's quite easy to swap this around and sort of say, well, the three bears are innocent victims in this situation where Goldilocks has broken into their home and wrecked stuff and stolen food and done terrible things. Uh, I've seen retellings of Little Red Riding Hood where the wolf is in fact trying to help and the granny is in conflict with the wolf and Little Red Riding Hood actually is doing something nefarious. She's delivering... She, she's maybe delivering uh, illegal substances to Granny and the wolf is trying to stop it. You know, you can, you can start mixing this around. Character reinterpretation. So here we go. What about Cinderella uh, as a man? And swapping around elements there about the stepsisters and stepbrothers. Uh, how does this change the sorts of situations that you might describe? And you can look at, again, Goldilocks as a mature woman rather than being a little girl or maybe she's a werewolf and so she is both the good guy and the bad guy so take one or more of the primary characters and imagine what they'd be if they were radically different uh, you could have well i don't know snow white and the seven dwarves is snow white could in fact be a um a yeti for crying out loud hence the snow white part then we have premise inversion. So you take the primary premise of the story and you turn it around. Make it the opposite. You could write a superhero retirement story where an extraordinary hero through a freak accident becomes mundane. At first she hates the lack of power and the empty feeling of having so little responsibility. Over time she comes to realize being normal is what she was born to be and allows her to have a romantic life where her girlfriend is not being kidnapped and threatened every other day. Actually, that would be interesting. The, uh, the yeah, the the opposite of it, because that's the opposite of an origin story for a superhero, isn't it? And uh, you could very well. well. What other premise could you have? Is uh, okay. The premise of Goldilocks is breaking into the three bears' house. What if we turn that around and we have the three bears trying to break into Goldilocks's house and steal her stuff and eat her food? It sounds like Home Alone to me, doesn't it? In fact, maybe Home Alone is the inversion of Goldilocks. So anyway, so granted that every story has been told, so you like lean into it and pick a story to retell. So retelling a story is a great way to spur some fantastic ideas. And don't just tell the exact same story, however. Take two aspects and change them. You can change the time location, you can swap good for bad, you can reinterpret the characters or invert the premise. By changing things up like this, you can explore new ideas within a familiar plot structure. Now, the other thing I've noticed about retellings is when I think about stories that I like and I think would be good to retell, it's usually from the point of view of emotional content, as in I felt a certain way. And so when you're retelling a story, maybe, maybe the retelling is a retelling of the way you felt more so than uh, swapping or using plot points and characters. An example of this is 
David Eddings wrote a series of books called The Belgariad. Starts with Porn of Prophecy. I don't know if you've ever read that, but I read that back when I was in high school. And I fell in love with it. It had a significant influence on me. And the interesting thing, of course, being is that it follows the typical farm boy hero's journey. But that's what I loved was it starts off feeling very sort of cozy and warm. And the whole way through, it never feels, you know, it's got its dark moments, but it always feels comfortable and and reassuring. And as a fantasy, I think that works really well. It's been done many times. I mean, The Hobbit came before The Belgariad and follows many of the same tropes and has that same feeling of comfort and and coziness as opposed to uh, the Lord of the Rings, which gets a little bit darker there about the um, the way the rings corrupt people. But David Eddings follows the same sort of thing. We start off with a farm boy instead of a hobbit, meets uh, Belgarath, the sorcerer, instead of meeting um, Gandalf, the wizard. And so the story progresses uh, in very similar fashion, going on this adventure, having to find an object, and meeting interesting characters along the way, which teach the main character some lessons, and they manage to teach the other characters some lessons as well. And it all ends up at the end very happily. Everyone's feeling secure, and um, you know we we return to this wholesomeness. It's beautiful. And indeed, if you look at Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time, book one in particular, The Eye of the World, follows this same story where uh, Rand and Matt and Perrin, they leave their comfortable, warm, cozy little village life. They are whisked away by Moraine, the sorceress, for lack of a better term. But then they also meet, um, oh dear, Tom... Oh, I can't remember his last name now. Tom, the 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 wise old man who helps them out. You know, like this 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 sort of thing is is retelling. And I would definitely think in doing a retelling, you might think about a story that really had an influence on you and what sort of emotions it it gave you, and write a story that has that same sort of emotional content and same sort of journey. And in that way, you're doing a retelling without even using the same characters. And so these are all different ways you can get ideas. And, and this is all different ways. This is a way, this retelling is a way that I've thought about. And I've certainly got on my books to write in the coming year, probably not this year, probably the following year, I'm going to do a series of retellings of um, some f- favorite stories of mine. As, you know, novels, I'll be 60, 70,000 words sort of novels and um yeah, I really look forward to it. It'd be very nice. So there you go. That's that's retelling. Now, my goals for next week. Basically the same as this week, except this time I'm going to succeed. So I'm going to continue doing my How to Write a Novel. I'm going to continue. I'm going to do some more cycling next weekend. And during the week, I'm running. That's like work. I'm running and I'm doing my resistance training. And then, uh, yes, so social media blogs, blog uh, social media for my blog is coming up and in the meantime everyone stay classy and get retelling see ya